Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at at First first listen. Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Hey, yo, you're listening to Waiting on Reparations, a production of iHeartRadio. Step towards me, and I'll take a step backwards, because I don't fight my haters. Ain't worth the fucking hassle. I ask him to look past it and be mature about it. I'm passive, but that don't mean that I'm a fucking coward like Martin Luther, Mahatma Gandhi. I use my words to settle my conflicts rather than try to shoot you. Be cool, bro, so I'd rather stand beside you than deride you. And I'd rather understand you than I never haven't tried to. All right, this week... I am so enthused and honored, frankly, to be joined by my comrade, my colleague, my mentor, I don't know, Travis Williams. Um, Travis, I don't even know how to properly introduce you because you have such a range of expertises and uh, experiences. So tell the people a little bit about yourself. Who are you? Uh, I'm a uh, black man vegan, uh, originally from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Uh, it's tough when I say originally, right? So I'm from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, but I was born. So maybe that's my origin story, but I consider origin story wherever like your most uh, uh, meaningful roots were set, right? Um, but I was born in Atlanta, Georgia, did my undergraduate work at the Florida Agriculture and Mechanical University, home of the Mighty Rattlers, uh, Orange and Green, 1887, October 3rd. I love that shit. I love yeah. my HBCU. You know what I mean? Check it out. Orange and Green. Um, you and got the, you got the wristbands my, on and everything. Oh yeah, you know I always rep. And you know my high school colors was orange and green as well. So uh, because whole, our first football coach thing. is also a rapper. So, um, and I went to this high school called Blanchley High School, which was uh, one of the two uh, biggest black high schools in Broward County. And you know Broward is the most black, most Democrat county, or was when I was uh, growing up in all of the state of Florida. And um, uh, Miss Ely fought real hard to make sure that little black kids like me could get educated. And her home is now a museum. It's about maybe a two-minute walk from my grandfather's house. So uh, he passed away, but his his old house. And so, um, so yeah, that is that. I did my legal studies at the University of Georgia. Um, was a public defender for a long time. Uh, had a had an epic mental breakdown. Uh, epic. Found myself. 
epic. Uh, hey, if I'm gonna do it, it's gonna be epic. Yeah, we're epic gonna do it big, baby. If we gonna break down, we're gonna break it down. Do it, What's break up? everything. Break all break the it all down. All the windows. And so uh found myself uh homeless and and, and really uh really uh really suffering and in pain for about two plus years and in the last six years, five years, uh, I've been, um, uh, I began reinvesting uh, in, in community and community organizing. I've been doing organizing work since I was 15, you know, and so, uh, so over the last uh, five and a half or so, six years, been, been back doing that. And um, I've been fortunate enough to, you know, have been invited to speak at all, all these different universities and on these different things. And, and so, um, uh, so it's, it's not unfamiliar. And then like, so now I do a lot of uh, community education and, and political education um, at a grassroots level aimed at uh, uh, mobilizing people, assisting them in organizing for uh, political action. And so I also do work out of, I'm in this little ministry at, at a little medium-sized church. Uh, um, and my church is Covenant Presbyterian. My ministry is the uh, uh, Neighborhood Ministries, which is, it doesn't, it's two words that don't make sense um, until you know what it is we're doing. And so it's uh, helping people stay housed, feeding people. I'm sitting in the, I'm sitting in the uh, fellowship hall now, and this is where we run the food pantry, a clothing closet. We're moving things out of here is the, uh, in trying to figure out a, a, a different model, but um, uh, also uh, minister and, and, and manage our benevolence account. So helping people uh, where they can and, and using uh uh, Jesus's ministry with the poor to guide our efforts uh, to assist people. I noticed in all of that, you somehow managed to not bring up hip hop at all. You have oh, no yeah. relationship, no of relationship course. to hip hop. Nah, I love hip hop. All this other dope shit is so dope that love it's not hip-hop. even worth bringing up that. Uh, not even bringing up that you yourself are you are a penman. Well, you know, you know? I, I, you got I, some bars, man. What I, is, had what is some, this? I had some records that at one time. Uh, you know, had had some little had some little heat to it, but I I just I love I do love hip hop, but you know what though, I really don't listen to hip hop anymore, and yeah. and it definitely not like sometimes I get nostalgic, and and don't get me wrong, Royce the Five Nine, even now, like the way he puts together a sentence is art, right? And I yeah. appreciate the art, um, and I I listen here or there, you know. Uh, Fly God is an awesome God. West Side Gun, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, you know, uh, Pray for Paris, uh, you know, um, uh, what, what do you call it? Kamikaze. Like, I listen to, I still listen to some sometimes, but, you know, it's it's tough, man. It's tough to listen to it. Some, some of the music, like, you know, I don't know. I feel like we, I think you and I have talked about this before. I think hip hop, I think any art form, right, has to have gatekeepers, right? Has mm. to have people that make people do the the work to get good at something, right? And hip hop has the least amount of gatekeepers, but it used to have the most, right? It was you had to run through, like when I was a kid trying to learn how to rap, you know what I mean? Like I had to 
figure out how to rap. And then I had to be brave enough to rap on the school bus. And then right. people heard I could rap, and then it was like, you got to rap against this other guy who can rap. And then I go, yeah. you know what I mean? I'll be rapping at a crack house with some with some dope boy rappers about stuff. And then boom, boom, boom. And it's like all of this stuff, you get good at. You know what I mean? And now mm-hmm. you don't got to like, you don't got to put in no work. You don't got to do nothing. You just, so you never really get better. You never really master the craft. You, you see what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. so it's it's tough for me to listen to somebody who ain't even invested in mastering the craft. So it is, it does mostly come from a place of craftsmanship and not necessarily like from a place as a, an organizer and as someone that is pushing back against systems of, of capital and of racial capital, et cetera. Like the way that that is all uh, then shaping the genre and what ends up floating up to the surface is what we then consider mainstream. Does that, does that at all influence like your how how you partake in hip hop? Um, well, well, let's, let's, or let's is think it purely about, the craftsmanship thing? Well, well, let's think about what an album is, right? An album yeah. is uh, forty-five to uh, an hour and some change worth. What the hell of, album are you listening to? That's an hour on. long. Albums used Niggas. to be. Come on now, come on now. I was reading recently that the like the top the last ten years, like the top albums of the year in hip-hop were all like 30 minutes long. See, but but that's weak. And you know I hate that. See, here's the thing. <laughs> See, but that's weak. No, no, think about no, no, it. No, 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 yeah, yeah. Think about Equimini, right? Okay, yeah. by Outkast. Undisputably yeah. an incredible record, right? Undisputably, yeah. right? So Equimini, what did it take them? Two, three years to make that record? Facts. Let me see. Uh, um... Uh, Southern Playlist that came out 93 or 94 maybe 95 I can't remember mm-hmm. two years later you had uh, you had AT Aliens and then maybe two or three years later you had a criminal right and so in that two year time period right I heard Nas once say this in a, in a source article from like maybe the late 90s he said that first album is the easiest because it took you 18 years to write it or 22 years to write it, however old you were, right? It's those, the hard albums is the next one because you don't have as much time to write and the pressure has changed, your choice structure is different, your incentive structure is different, right? So when, when I look at like what an album is, an album, generally people write songs about the highlights of their life, right? Like each song yeah. is a highlight or an amalgamation of highlights. So if you look at uh, Marvin Gaye, I Want You, right? The record I Want You, incredible record. It's all about being in love and expressing that love intimately sexually, right? Yeah. Beautiful record, beautiful record. But these are all highlight sexual experiences. These aren't the ones that he had with. This ain't like some random right. Thursday when yeah. he just got off work and brought home some Popeyes. This, this, yeah. ain't, this ain't the one this where him no... and his lady got woke up because the baby woke up. You know what I mean? Right, this ain't, this ain't it's, like, yeah. It's just the highlights, right? So I expect someone to to offer their highlights. But um, what it, what used to be the highlights in hip-hop music used to be the highlights of, like, uh, liberation, right? And, and liberation, uh, rejecting uh, restrictions, right? And then now the highlights are, I don't know, transactional, monetary. Mm-hmm. It's like, I can't, I can't handle that, right? Like, it's just too much. Yeah, and I feel like it, it's like, oh, we go out, we party every night. Oh, every night we out. It's not, it is in the highlights because it's like, this is always chasing this, this, is my life. this pinnacle. This is my life. <laughs> like, we live like this. Like, I ain't slept in days. What's up? Yeah, yeah. like, I'm going to die. Like, help me, please. <laughs> I'm going to die. No, literally. <laughs> literally. Some of, these, some of these cats be losing cats. We're losing cats out here. For real, it's, but it's, it's rough. Push. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, and, and I and I think that makes it that makes it tough because you can't be you you're not gonna sit there and read some Kierkegaard and be listening to uh little somebody. You know what I Why mean? Why not? Why not? Because it's just it's just taking me out of my space, yo. Like you know what I mean? I mean, I feel like something that draws me to hip hop is that it is like a it's like putting together a puzzle. Or no, it's like an impression. It's like an impressionist painting, right? So like. You start off all up cl- really up close, and you see all of the very the lines, da da da. You're not really seeing, seeing the full picture or whatever. You know, you put it on in the background, and it's just like noise. And you, if you enjoy the noise, the cadence is good, whatever. You know, it's it's the ambiance. And then with time, well, what I ideally seek out is that with time, you sort of like, oh, I got that metaphor. Oh, I just picked up on that punchline. Oh, that's hilarious! How you know this analogy, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm, I'm just saying you could potentially. There's probably people that do. For you, however, maybe take you out of it a little bit just because of the artistry. The artistry isn't there for you for I some mean, of these look, for some of these cats. I, you know, I used to hate those punchline rappers. You know what I mean? Because it was just sorry and lazy, yo. Like for the most part, most rappers aren't gonna aren't producing records that you can that that can like suffice throughout different modes of a day, week, year, or lifetime, right? Mm-hmm. Every now and again, some are, and maybe you can put it together over the course of like a, a discography, right? Like I always say Jadakiss has, is one of the few rappers that has bars that you can build a life off of, right? Like you can tell your kid to listen to this and they'll know how to live a as a human, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Everybody's a snake, so I got to keep the grass cut. So I see them when they come, and then I heat they up, right? Like yeah. that's an incredible record. Like be on your p's and q's. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he he has those kind of bars, but for the most part, most of these guys it just is the highlights, and it's just too much. And then the and then the, and then the young ladies they just talking too much, too much wild stuff. I took some vows yeah. about four years ago. You know what I mean? I don't I don't need all that sexual energy in my life. I I don't live that life. You know what I mean? Like, all that, I'm going to the club, you know what I mean? I don't drink. I wake up at 4.30. I'm vegan. I drink water and tea. Like, I, I want to listen to something that kind of is consistent with my lifestyle. Now, I'm not yeah. being real if I'm listening to this. I feel that. And hip-hop so, taught me to be real. Yes. Yes, indeed. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. 
Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. So you may not be listening to like Pop Smoke while you read Kierkegaard, but mm. what are you listening to while you read what? Okay. So what's your soundtrack? What's your soundtrack and what's your reading list right now? Um, okay, so uh, shout out to the homie Paul. Uh, he came to a session to a two part workshop I was doing with uh, represent Georgia and black. I Lotus was there, Matter. you were there. I was, you, on, I was on the true Zoom, that. we was true like, that. it was true like that. a little date night. Like, oh, let's put it on. True like, that. oh, let's watch Travis. He was sitting on the couch eating popcorn, true that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, but he was on. The, he was in the chat asking. Yeah, mad he questions was in the chat. Stuff. He yeah, was actually yeah. in the chat. You know what He's I mean? He's in the chat, being mad yeah. nerdy, asking questions yeah, about super the, nerdy. About the, but yeah, it was yeah. a good question. It was a dope question. You know what yeah. I mean? But, but like, so I'm I'm coming fresh off of that. We finished it last night. So coming fresh off of that, like most of my reading has been about that. And, and um, I put together these little playlists, and you know they've been sending a playlist out. People been subscribing to it, and that's cool. But it's mostly. Uh, old school because that's mostly what I listen to. So I think um, Curtis by Curtis Mayfield. I've been bumping pretty pretty hard lately. Um, Abbey Road by the Beatles. I've been bumping real hard lately. Yeah. Um, let me see. Uh, you know, I want you by by Marvin Gaye. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Otis Redding has yeah. a song on the Soul album called Cigarettes and Coffee. Because he remember on them old school songs, them old black dudes and them old songs was really funny because they will always tell you what time of day the song was supposed to represent. It's early in the morning. In the morning, sun. <laughs> yeah. It's I can't say what was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. the middle of the day. Sitting I just got off work. The they always home. telling you yeah. Yeah. where they're at and like what time it is. I don't know why it's that's like, so relevant been ca- to their writing They should have been careful. Should have been careful. Let me so let let these white folks know, like, oh, he gonna be at the, he gonna be at the, the marina, seven fifteen. I don't push know his why it's in. so relevant to how they construct songs, but it always was like, it's just like when you listen to Stevie, right? 
Like Stevie, Songs in the Key of Life, Intervisions, incredible records. And, and to me, all of this is hip hop. Like that's the beautiful thing about hip hop. Cause name name a, name one of the artists that I mentioned that ain't been sampled by a classic hip hop record. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Gap yeah. in, whoever, right? But when you listen to Stevie, Stevie is always, for a blind man, is always referencing uh, the seasons and particularly mm-hmm. season change, right? Which yeah. is interesting because what he observes as a songwriter, what he communicates to us through his, through his lyrics, it's like he can see it. He's not talking about like the smell of autumn. He's yeah. always talking about something you would have had to visually see, right? Like it's wild, man, when you think about what he what he's saying. But so in pre- in uh, in preparing for that, uh, been doing a. You know what? I will share a book list that I did yeah, I with them, and this was. Uh, Pretty dope stuff. So the so the session was about power, right? So yeah, um, it was kind of and if a you want to get into that, if you want to talk to us a little bit about what you presented on, I think be, yeah, yeah, that yeah. would be dope. Get into that would it. Be yeah, dope. It, it was a it was a session about power, which was kind of a, a offshoot of a conversation I was having uh, with the uh, with the Freedom Riders over at um, Ebenezer Baptist. Uh, in maybe two months ago. So I was covering with them The Forms of Power by Thomas E. Wartenberg. Uh, this is an incredible record. Uh, Michelle Foucault, Discipline and Punish, always, uh, you know, yeah. very deeply influential in the abolitionist movement. You and I are yeah. always talking blind over that. The Struggle yeah. for Recognition by Alex Han- Axel Honneth. Um, and, you know, I'm always busting up neoliberalism, Undoing the Demos by Wendy Brown. No book captures it better really just the description of, of the, the ethos of neoliberalism, uh, the ethics of identity by Kwame Anthony Apai. Uh, there's some scholars doing some like critical thinking on identity. This guy, I think, it takes the most comprehensive approach, maybe not the most critical in every way, maybe it's whatever. Uh, and then um, I also was covering with them the unpolitics of air pollution uh, by uh, Matthew uh, Crimson. Uh, and so the Unpolitics of Air Pollution is this uh, case study that was published. Well, it covers a time from the 70s. I want to say it was published like in the late 70s. Um, it was a it, relatively hard to find book. I mean, not really. It's in, it made it paperback. And so it, 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 uh, the case study is uh, examines how the city of East Chicago versus Gary, Indiana. I don't know if you've ever been to Gary. Shout out to my dog, Freddie Gibbs. By the way, Alfredo. Oh, that's right, yeah. By the way, Alfredo, look here. Alfredo ain't playing. Look at me, look at me. Alfredo is on point. Shout out to Freddie Gibbs. And so the Unpolitics of Air Pollution covers how uh, Gary versus how East Chicago handled the air pollution issue in the early 70s, right? Mm-hmm. And and what it what, what this book really teaches us, which has become like such a such a key element to how I approach. Uh, how I approach um, the most important elements to, to talk to others about from an educator, as an educator, is uh, start a fight, right? Don't avoid a fight. Don't let these people get away with not putting a fist up against you. Make it, make it, make a real fight. Call questions to, to, to call things out, like really make a fight because people are going to always try to dodge stuff. You know what I mean? It's just like, you know, that commission you sit on, it's some there's some wild stuff was happening in that other meeting when they was passing that uh that bill to, when y'all was passing uh the um approval for the homeless uh encampment. That was some wild stuff people were saying, right? But yeah. they also was avoiding getting to the heart of the question, which is, 
you know, I wasn't going there to make no comment. It's just I'm listening to three hours of people saying crazy, wild stuff. Homeless people, lazy, and nasty, and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, and so I'm like, for context oh. for the listeners, I may not have brought this up in an episode recently um, or got into detail on this, but in Athens, we recently improved, approved uh, um, uh, going about coming up with a strategic plan for homelessness, you know, from starting with having a like sanctioning encampment for people who are experiencing criminalization for living outside, actually have a place where they can go also as a hub for services, um, et cetera, but also, you know, working all the way through how do we, how do we want to build out our permanent supportive housing in Athens, et cetera, so that, you know, we address the actual issue, the fact that people ain't got no place to live and not the quote unquote. And the thing is, the thing is that was coming, that's coming up in that meeting was that people were receiving homeless people as homeless people as the problem mm-hmm. and not yeah. home is not, uh, it's not homelessness. They, yeah, it's yeah. It's not that they were the product of the, the actual problem, which is capitalism. But you know that housing is not a human right. You you know, and, and I and I think like that's that's the crazy thing, like making making a fight happen, right? So yeah. So um, those books I I had been spending a lot of time with, but on a normal year, I read you know anywhere from seventy five to eighty something books. This year I'm trying to hit a hundred, but. I don't know if I'll really hit a hundred, but um, you know, I give oh, it a shot. Thing. Oh yeah, you slacking? You're not gonna hit a hundred? I'm ashamed of you. Well, you well, know, that ends we'll our conversation, see. Travis. I'm embarrassed by you we'll for see. not reading a so. hundred books. You're only gonna read eighty in the year 2021. I'm very, very I mean, but no, you. My main thing is like, am I using my time efficiently? Right? Yeah. Like, am I am I being effective with my time? And, and um, you know, we gotta have downtime or whatever, but like. I've dedicated my life to service and it's it's uh it it is it is deeply meaningful to me and I have clear boundaries so I don't need as much time as even some time I think but you know I play outside there's a couple things I think humans need right one of those is recreation right and I think you should play outside every day right um and physicality helps me de-stress Right. Not necessarily like cardio or lifting or anything in particular, but physicality yeah. helps me distress. And so that's that's usually how I how I take on rec- recreation, whether that's bike, whether that's walking, whether that's jogging, whether that's sprint, whether that's whatever. And, uh, you know, people need uh, meaningful vocation. I'm always yeah. engaged in meaningful vocation. Uh, people need education. I'm, I try to these are different things I try to do every day. And over the course of the day, it gets pretty full. So with things being sometimes, uh, if I read 80 to 120 pages a day, I should be able to tackle 100 books. You know what I mean? 75 is like normal, right? Yeah. Um, and and I just, uh, it's, a, it's a lot that I wonder about, about justice. Like, you know, can a DA be progressive? Could restorative justice ever work? Am I being ridiculous about abolition, right? And that and that requires yeah. a lot of feeding myself with information and trying to think through. What else do you think is like so with regards so you got into a little bit of like talking mm-hmm. about the elements of a good life. Good vocation, opportunity to stimulate the mind, etc. So how much of I'm really interested because you also operate this ministry. Mm-hmm. Um so how much of like how how do you see like provision of those of those both material, like the basics people need, and creation of these opportunities for for people to thrive as a part of of the organizing that needs to happen in order for us to push for power. 
Well, well you, you know, the, the ultimate the ultimate question is this, right? So I always start with groups uh, when when talking to them about power, right? Is to understand the difference between state institutions and people, right? Yeah. The state is the is is this whole organized society, right? This our our version of organized society, right? So the government. Uh, and and this is something that you know you and I talked about a lot during the uh, protest. But uh, just to get people to understand it, stop saying that the state has a monopoly on violence. They have more than that. They have a monopoly on force, right? Uh, force is a lot broader than just violence. In fact, Hannah Arendt uh, says that uh, you know where there's violence, there's not power. Where there's power, there's not violence. She argues that power is consensual, right? But that's not really relevant. But I'm just saying, like, it's more than just, you know, violence, right? Like, violence is a you you in a dysfunctional state. As a usually, the state can use coercion to get us to do what we what they want us to do, right? They don't have to do all mm-hmm. that. So, uh, getting people to understand that and institutions are they mediate the needs of the people and the interests of the state, right? Uh, the interests mm-hmm. of the state are usually protection, conservation. Uh, hence the term conservative, right? That's usually the interests of, of the state and institutions mediate. And then the people, uh, you, you know, people hear the term the multitude, right? That's that's like a melting pot type term. But the people is uh, is the is persons working uh, together or represented together or uh, viewed together, right? We just got the, uh, the new census stuff came out yesterday. And, you know, look around in these districts in Georgia. Look at the shrinking districts. There are a lot of the big time white power players in the General Assembly. Districts are shrinking for a lot of different reasons. Number one, the point in time is August 2020. What was going on? COVID. You know what I mean? Or, you know, April 2020 or whatever the specific one is. So you got some of that going. But you think you think that I mean, obviously, the census informs the gerrymandering or informs the the redistricting, which becomes gerrymandering uh, as a as a, you know, systemic manipulation on us. And so I I just, you know, I don't know. I went off on a tangent. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah. Yeah, So talking about like I'm stream of consciousness, you know, that. stream of consciousness. I'm talking about. Yeah. So like like the material providing the material supports. For people to then build power, like various kinds of power, and you got into like, well, what is like, where is power? Power mm-hmm. is not just agitating for the state to do this or that. In, it's, in institution- power, it's institutional power as well. Yeah, and it's and it's completely relational, right? You only yeah. have power in relation to something else. Ideally, in the social world, other people, right? But like, if you're living on a deserted island or a void, let's say that you live in a void where it's just white walls. Uh, white shoes, no, you can't even perceive clothes because you've never seen clothes. There is no power. Power can't be had in an empty void of nothing. Now you pop in another person into that void and because you know the secret place in the void where you can sneak in and be around black light instead of white light, you have power uh, of information that you can use to coerce, influence, and even force that person to do stuff, right? So it's completely, it's completely relational, you know. And so when I when I'm thinking about like even the work I do in, in these different in these different spheres, whether it be uh, with the church or, or chess community or just general activism, or as a writer or educator, what worries me most sometimes is the work. Uh, it is charitable work through organizations, churches, or anything of the sort, right? Because we, we run the risk of the charity, like giving government a dodge to not do nothing. 
Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, the charity's gonna feed them. Nah, that's the that's the work of the government. Yo, the state's supposed to take care of you. I don't know what yeah. y'all think this, this state is supposed to do. You know what I mean? You, they want the state to just be like uh, administrative bureaucracy to help them get uh, to to exploit uh, new new students or new workers or whatever. It's like this is all crazy. You know what I mean? This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed, And to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. In the time we got left, um, this comes out on on Thursdays generally. So what? What kind of? I know when your of, podcast come out, man. I don't know if you listen to the show, man. You got one. You, you got eight. You got eight books hiatus. to read, bruh. So you went on that hiatus and it uh, messed me up. Oh, did it now? It did. It did. Oh no. 
Now I'll be nervous. You listen to the show. I'm like, shit, Travis, he's probably thinking I'm a dumbass. Like, what's she talking about this week? Nah, you know what? Oh, shit. Sometimes I be wanting you to really get into it. You know what I mean? I but, know. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know but, you, you know what I mean? It's, it's, a, it's yeah. a different approach, right? Like, yeah. I, I would I want to see more granular stuff. You know what I mean? But, but I love what y'all doing. But actually, I'm going to ask you a different question than I was planning to. So you went over a lot of different books that you've been reading or planning on engaging with. Um, you know, with the... Oh, so what would you say right now is the most urgent thing you would like a listener to go out and read and why? Like, what is what, why is that particular piece of political analysis really, really salient and urgent in the moment we're in? Um, I would probably say... The first thing, the first thing anybody has to do, I think, is, is always consider uh, what is justice, right? Like, you know, it is is generally uh, uh, the, the first question I start out with, what is justice, right? And, and you, to answer that question, I think you have to answer a bunch of other questions, right? But uh, but so what where I think someone needs to start out, like it'll be it'll be young men, young women, you know, what I mean, sometimes my age who, who want to uh, come and collaborate and like, can, can I come hang around, find something to do? And I'm like, all right, we'll go uh, read this, read that, read this, right? And, and yeah. a lot of times I, I, I try to start them with Our Prisons Obsolete and yeah. um, by Angela Davis to, to just, um, yeah. yeah, incredible book, uh, really the, the source of my, uh, uh, of kind of my anchoring in the abolitionist movement, the abolitionist struggle. Uh, Golden Gulag uh, um, is also is also an incredible work, but uh, by Ruth Gilmore, and, um, and 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 so I would say start there to begin to understand the the how different systems interplay with one another, and to ask yourself questions that we take for granted, right? Like prisons as we understand them, ain't been around that long. Did you know that? Probably not. Okay, so yeah. you, you don't take that for granted. We can. Uh, prison was a, was an innovation, right? Prison yeah. was the innovation. Prison was, was an innovation. innovation. That was them stepping up and saying, "Oh, let's do things differently. Let's be yeah, a little bit." We gotta stop hanging people in the in the courtyard. It, yeah, prison. leaving people gotta, on the stocks and shit is kind of fucked up, bro. Yeah, that's too much. We're gonna do so that. If we were now. capable, if we were capable of making that transition, we can also we are capable of transitioning away of of a, of a new well. innovation, right? And so I, I would say. I would say start there. I would say um, Spheres of Justice by Michael Walzer. I would say start there. I would say if somebody is really interested in um, in in digging into some in digging into some heavy work, uh, those are those are the places to start and, and kind of and kind of think through those. But I would say the, the best the, the best education is is feeding yourself through uh through that information but also being out here in the streets because what you see is you see all this suffering and all this pain this week 100 families came through 100 more than 100 families came through the food pantry right this week uh two or three one social worker uh at the schools one essentially uh, homeless outreach social worker at, at, at advantage and another uh just kind of random person all reached out with families who are in desperate need of housing. Fortunately, uh, because of the support that our congregation gives to, to this particular ministry, and then just generally, we were able to help them, right? But like, um, 
we we didn't have to, you know what I mean? Like they could have been out there, I could have never found out. They could have never found out. The people that reached out could have never found out. So being out there in the street and, and seeing this and, 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 you know, seeing this suffering, I think is, is incredibly informational, particularly when you put it with the book, right? When you put it yeah. with this book or that book or kind of, or kind of thinking through those. But I would say, uh, I would say, that's what I would say. I appreciate you bringing us back to practice, not just like oh, just reading about it, but actually being about it. Being out no, you gotta look. If, if you're not, if you're not really, really doing it, you know what I mean. It, it feels different. It's like if you just, if you only recording songs in your in your room, and then like let's say they popping on the internet, people are listening to your songs, but you've never performed them, right? You have a yeah. whole different set of expectations for how you want to beat the sound, how you want to mix the sound. Do you want yeah. like it, you know? I don't know if you saw that Locks uh, uh, Dipset battle or whatever versus. I didn't watch it. I watched a couple clips, but um, that's because Kevin. Shout out to uh, shout out shout out Sun to Sun Tzu was yeah. bugging me about um, was bugging me about the, the thing because he loved the battles. And so I you know I, I took a look at it. And it's crazy because Dipset was performing with the vocals on the track. Like, dude, what are you doing? This ain't, you know, Jada was saying, this ain't hip hop. And it ain't, right? But, you, but your expectations for like even what your songs need to be are different once you start performing. You know what I mean? How many times you done seen somebody at first show and they froze? They was tough guy on the on the mic and now they froze, right? Because it's a, it's a whole different element. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I love that analogy. Perfect way to end off our conversation. Travis, if this, can people get in touch with you? Can, is yes. there a way people can stay in touch if they, they want to? Absolutely, they can. Get they can email me. Yeah. Uh, I, I teach at a lot of different places with a lot of uh, different Black organizations and, and justice-minded organizations in the region. I uh, can't think of anything right now because uh, a lot of dates are up in the air. But they can email me at the Williams Project at gmail.com. That's T H E Williams, like my last name, W I L I E M S. Project, P-R-O-J-E-C-T, in the projects at gmail.com. So the Williams Project at gmail.com. Stay in touch with the kid. Waiting on Reparations is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily Podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. 
Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.